podcast and we are today discussing Real Housewives of Beverly Hills season 10 episode 12 Roman Holidays. Welcome I'm Ilana. I'm Dina. And we are so excited to break down this week's episode and share all our thoughts. Yes right away I know I feel like the world Ilana and I we have needed an episode like this. It is sad that it is 12 episodes in, but you know, they finally gave us at least something to sink our teeth into, something to at least, you know, really analyze in a way where I don't feel like, you know, it's us trying to even overanalyze something that doesn't need to be analyzed. So, Alana, we get in the car. We have Lisa, we have Teddy, we have Kyle. And what are we thinking? I'm personally thinking that these women are too grown to be salivating like schoolgirls over the idea that there was some sort of sexual relationship between two women. Also, I was really um, felt like they were so blatantly used by Brandy and she sort of told them of these slights supposedly that Denise said and I felt like it was all like a big setup like she was kind of saying these things that Denise possibly had said about or allegedly had said about them just to make them want to believe the next bad thing she was saying and I felt like they were just so quick to enjoy it I don't know if they've been bored these last 10 episodes as well nothing's really happened so I I don't know if they themselves just were so excited to have a season and have something to talk about that wasn't nonsense but it felt childish I I felt a little bit uncomfortable yeah I agree and I also felt it was quite funny the way like Teddy kept wanting us to know she has a podcast and Brandy has been on it everyone Teddy has a podcast so if you are not bored out of your mind watching her on this show then you don't get to just not see her you get to listen to her more at least it could be I'm, I'm gonna say this I could maybe listen to it like going to bed like maybe it would put me to bed, but I feel like I'd get so irritated by like, her. Like an ambient sleep aid? Yes, but I think I would honestly get so annoyed by her that in the end I would just be like, oh my God, no more. No, I can't, like it just, no. And so I really took that in and I just thought, you know, at least Lisa made the comment in her confessional that you know, is Brandy somebody we should be trusting? No. But I still like that Lisa was like, boots on the ground. She is going to then go with this because that is where the plot line is taking us. So Lisa is going to then go there. But it wasn't, you know, meh. But I did really feel that, like, it was odd to me that they were telling Lisa, like, the onus was on her, you have to tell her she's your friend. Because if there's one thing we've seen this season is that Lisa has no loyalty to Denise. She is quick to not have loyalty to anyone. We saw how she treated Sutton. So there certainly wasn't any reason why it should come. Maybe I could understand why it should not come from Teddy. Because Teddy and Denise definitely have, like, a parent animosity and I guess one could argue like Denise doesn't like Kyle Kyle doesn't seem to fancy Denise anymore but at the same time I didn't I felt like the only reason they were 
saying like, oh, you have to tell her you're her friend is because they wanted an excuse that they told her. I know. And then I all I could think about in this like car ride was that so we're under this belief that they filmed this scene, you know, with Brandy before the trip. But according to all of the blogs, that scene was filmed once they got back from the trip. So then I'm just like, oh, Teddy, you dodgy, dodgy mother pooper. We know what you're doing. Kyle, we know what you're doing. And just like with your outfits, this is bad, you guys. This is <laughs> in a good way. And I just, I feel like we're watching a really bad car crash. And I just can't, Kyle and Teddy, I just can't. Well, but then, you know, speaking of fashion, I was so excited when they got to Rome. And they got to um, the hotel, the Grand Melia Hotel, which was fantastic. I've amazing. seen it before. I've never stayed there, but I have been inside. It's amazing. But then when Dorit is on the phone with Kyle, and it's like, oh, I'm just wearing a casual T-shirt, jeans, and some boots, like very casual. And she comes down in this like epic Chanel T-shirt, pearl applique on her hair. I mean, this is why I love Dorit. She just brings it. She looks fantastic. And even without the plot line that we were all leading up to, at least it made good TV. No, I love that as well. And then the, those are the moments that, at least with me and Dorit, because I don't feel like probably in her personality I'm anything like Dorit, even though I really do have such a love for her. But when it came to her in some of her fashion moments, how she like her style, I feel, and even her whole conversation with Kyle, I am that girl who always, you know, when somebody says, are you dressing casual? I think I look very casual, but I'm be I've been told many of times that I am you know, oh, maybe a little going too fabulous, which I appreciate and I love. And I love that Dorit never stops that. So for me, that was just such a amazing moment. I love the outfit. Would I have worn the black shirt long sleeve under the Chanel blouse? It's cold. And it's cold, but I think I would have figured out a way to not have worn that under it. It just reminded me of something like an older generation might wear. But I think the problem was Dorit was in that situation where she either had to wear like a fur or something cozy on top, which made sure that no one would see the Chanel till she took it off, or she had to layer underneath. And honestly, I don't think it bothered me enough that yes, did it make me think that an older woman would make that choice, whereas a younger one would just freeze her ass off? Yes. But on the other hand, just, you know, the yes, fact she that she walked out and had that moment that she wouldn't have had otherwise, I appreciate her. I appreciated Dorit, though, a lot this episode when she was shading Kyle in Italian, by the way, for her order. And then she herself ordered something ridiculously not Italian as well. And then the waiter brought his own shade by bringing them cheeseburgers just because they are American. I love every second of the dinner. I love Teddy's face of pure fear, horror, and disgust when Garcelle and Denise showed up. I mean, that was just such a great start to the episode. We have not had an episode that had so much given to us so quickly. Thank you, Dorit. 
No, I thought everything about that was am- was amazing, and I also even enjoyed Kyle's story because I was a- about like um, her getting caught, you know. Oh, that that reminded me of something that happened to me. <laughs> Wait, what are you talking about? So when I was younger, Dina over here um, was at home. My older sister, her boyfriend at the time, and I were all smoking cigarettes and Dina came into the room and realized we had been smoking cigarettes went to my mom and told her we had been smoking in which case then my mom came in and busted down the door practically very upset with us and Dina was like I was upset you didn't tell me what you were doing you didn't invite me to join cigarette you would die I've been taught that from a very young age and second of all I thought you were talking about when I was little and remember when Pia was downstairs and babysitting and I literally caught her not having you know she wasn't that but I caught her making out which again at the time I thought was like she's gonna get pregnant so I, I told mommy and Abba but you know I carry the continual Mommy and Abba all agreed with me. You all were acting very weird, and you guys should have just let me tag along. But anywho, on a different... (laughs) I did like, you know, with Garcelle, her letting us in to a little bit of everything. Like saying, would she invite Mike to meet the other Mike to Thanksgiving? And it made me think, would I invite somebody I'm casually dating? to Thanksgiving with all of my kids. I don't think I would. But you know, I think that when Denise said, oh, I've had dinner, like specifically Thanksgiving dinner with my exes many times, I thought it was really funny because we all know that she had the prostitute and Charlie Sheen over for dinner in her past on Thanksgiving. So I definitely felt like this conversation was an opportunity just to remind everyone that Denise's life is a little bit different than the average person. I agree. I mean, Denise is of her own kind. I mean, she is Denise effing Richard. So, you know, she's just of her own element. But I love the next day when we see Erica full her her Chanel hat was to die for and again oh my gosh I didn't even care she couldn't move in the outfit I was like yes the the all whites and cream she looked amazing she was bringing it it was exactly what I wanted and again I thought bitter Kyle you know just really being a little Debbie Downer trying to ruin the mood and making fun just like they made fun of Lisa's amazing fur hat seasons ago when Lisa looks stunning like her just trying to shame Virgo hat yes and then like Kyle always is trying to bring people down and then laugh it off like oh like she's cute while yeah. she's no well, she, I thought she was being rather like Beachy when she got annoyed with Dorit for wanting pictures taken and I mean I guess Dorit could have asked someone on the crew but I thought it was so I understood you know we have our own page on Instagram we are influencers so I totally understand like this is a moment there in Roma she needs pictures I love the way she shoved everyone out of the picture I was like it's just about me again 
Raise, I am a stand for her. I thought she was hilarious and I appreciated her. I completely agree. And I just thought it's because you know what, Kyle, no one wants to see your outfits. And I'm not saying that meanly, it's just you don't have any taste. And I think that you know, Dorit is somebody who people follow. They love how she dresses. I am constantly like wanting to see what she and Erica are going to wear next. Even Garcelle. But Kyle, you will not be on that list as of now. And you have you have just disappointed me with your meanness. And I'm not into it. No, she's very schoolgirl in her bitchy too. It's not like bitchy in the sense of... Uh, outwardly at least like super nasty but it's sort of these like kind of schoolgirl giggly kind of backhanded little things that I just am thinking you have four daughters is that how they behave too no it's not right but I did like during this like fashion trip moment they were giving us little history lessons just in case <laughs> You know, just letting us know and then really getting down to what was most important, the shopping. But I loved, loved, loved when they gave us that night with Dorit in the Versace look, which I had seen, you know, while, while back she had posted this look. So I was so excited to finally get to see it live. I also loved Erica's look with the um, netting over her face. I felt like she looked very funeral chic. And since it seemed to be the death of Denise's image, I thought it was so appropriate. Completely agree. And I loved Garcelle's reaction. No shade, just saying how they came to make a statement. And I just think, you know, Garcelle has really won me over. I really... I really like her. I really like Sutton, even though I, I think we both like her. I really like Sutton. I'm not sure why everyone isn't totally taking to her because I think she's bringing it as a housewife. I think she's been really honest. She's been direct. She's voicing her opinions and she's avoiding her um, truth. And I felt like it was great when she across the table she sort of went through multiple people you know on the other end of the table there sits Garcelle and she told her right up front I didn't like that you asked me about um where I got my money from Garcelle apologized and just said she was being honest everyone else was talking about it she was curious as well I, she wanted to ask and I appreciate right away that son just let it go it wasn't going to be a thing but she was very direct with her not talking to everyone else and sort of making it something more than it had to be, which on um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is sort of a trope, like find something totally inconsequential that no one else in the world would care about and make it a whole season. And I appreciated Sutton not kind of doing that. And later, I really appreciated when Sutton again was sort of very much voicing her opinion that I felt was probably echoing a lot of the audiences. I agree, like we're at this dinner you know, Teddy is acting like, you know, this is all about her. And that's, you know, I can appreciate that because I've really never seen a character who can turn anything into a situation where somehow it has nothing to do with them. Even the worst part of this whole thing is this confession of Brandy's that Denise had this affair with her. And somehow Teddy can take it that because somebody said she's boring, which universally in that she can only get by by her father's name. And again, universally, universal, I feel like the world thinks this. No one, no one except Kyle, I think understands this Teddy, this Teddy character. And I just, I don't, I don't, 
I appreciate that she can do that, but it just, it really just makes me so annoyed. So I really felt that at the dinner when Teddy was trying to bring up what happened in the most, you know, circum, um, circumventing kind of ways, circumventing or circular, she was definitely going about it in an odd way. She just wouldn't spill it out. She was trying to really build it up and say, you know, you said all these things about it. I loved Erica's face work in this scene. I felt Erica was really bringing it with the oohs and ahs and what's about all. And I felt like we could really see her rehearsal for Chicago kind of playing out scene-wise, like she knew what she had to be doing. I felt that Teddy was very much kind of adding the drama to it. And when she finally does start to tell her, she won't even tell her the full thing. She's just saying, did you say any of these things? Did you say any of, of this about us starting the way Brandy did with the mean thing she said supposedly about the other girls? And I loved Denise's poor acting job of the, what? No, I never. Her voice going up like 20 out of eyes. Her eyes getting all huge. And you could just see instantly in her eyes. She definitely said that probably to multiple people wasn't sure who had told Teddy. And she was probably in her mind trying to figure out who gave her up. But I have to say, just to kind of put it out there, I do believe Ted Denise said all these things about Teddy, about Erica, about Lisa Arena. But I don't think they were that bad. In my opinion, Erica is cold at first. Erica knows she's cold at first. Erica would be the first one to say it takes her a minute to warm up to people. Therefore, she's initially cold. And, you know, Teddy Mellencamp is really got her opportunity on the show, being the daughter of John Mellencamp. No one know, knows who Teddy is. No one even now cares who Teddy is. And Teddy has a sort of um, maybe... Un discomfort with it because as a child of a, of a celebrity I'm sure anyone that's an awkward position you are in the shadow of that person but it's not necessarily a horrible thing to say it's just a fact and Rinna is shady Rinna isn't loyal she's not someone Denise should be liking Denise probably did say she doesn't like Rinna at this point because at this point Rinna has already taken Denise out to lunch and has already gone to I think they were in Palm Springs where Rinna was the one who really didn't have Denise's back she was kind of calling out Denise more than anyone so none of these things are so bad that Denise said but I think because she starts off immediately saying she doesn't have a relationship with Brandy, even though they show that kind of flash of her at BravoCon saying that they do have a friendship, because I think she kind of right away just wanted to shut it down because it wasn't something more maybe than venting. I agree. And I love when they finally, finally show us the flashback of Denise saying Bravo, Bravo, effing Bravo. And I love that when Dorit says to her, like, oh, sweetie, you have to stop saying stuff like that. Like, just the whole kind of way that like, Dorit just really won my heart there. But um, I do think, you know, that Denise feels that everyone is constantly making something about her that are these things, you know, that are just no one's business. Who cares whether or not she slept with this woman? Who cares if this was happening? Because once this is there, this is completely her private business. And if she told Brandy not to tell anyone, why is this such a like 
big thing just because she asked somebody to please keep this private. If you're a friend, keeping a secret that isn't something that's life or death or something hurtful for anybody else, it just doesn't seem a reason to get mad at somebody. And just to me, the logic and the even way of doing this is just such BS. But I still love how, again, Teddy has made this like she's the victim. Well, I loved when right away Dorit was like open to questioning Brandy because the first time she met Brandy, Brandy told her that her tits were effed up. <laughs> and then they showed the flashback to the party. And so Dorit's like, no, I'm not going to believe this lady. Like, good enough excuse for me. And then I really, I mean, this is when I really kind of became a Stanford um, for Sutton because she said to the women after they brought up this like private sexual encounter that may or may not have happened between Brandy and Denise and said do you care more about what's being said about you or what's being said about Denise and she said I think Teddy is saying this because her feelings are hurt and I appreciated that that's how as an audience member I felt and I think it's wrong. I think they brought up far more than they ever had to. They could have confronted her solely just about that and not given Brandy the platform that she now has spent a year talking about this alleged affair. And I, I felt the pain and hurt you see in Denise's eyes when this came out was very real. It seemed as though Denise had been sexually outed, which felt very uncomfortable to watch her sexual life i don't think is relevant to the show i know on other shows with um you know that is is she isn't she is he isn't he kind of gay um has come up on a lot of these shows andy who is actually all of their boss has said he does not like that when they try to use sexuality as a plot line i certainly think bravo which is a platform that sort of welcomes all ages sexualities etc should not be allowing this to be a plot line and later when denise actually turns to the camera almost like begging the production please don't air this i felt dirty i normally very much am you know have the attitude, you know, put CCTV everywhere. I want to feel like we're being brother. I just want to see everything and have uncut footage. But this felt to me something dirty. It felt like Brandy really used this opportunity to get her foot back in the door. I don't think Brandy has a lot else going on. I know she does have books and podcasts, but I feel she wants the public fame not to dwindle. And being part of a Housewives plotline is her area. It's where her, um, you know, uh, influence and popularity can grow and I think she did something very dark by presenting this because whether it's true or not it's someone else's private business it might be hers as well but it's certainly as in Brandy's but it's certainly not the public's private business but Brandy will do that I mean what she did in past seasons to she's let out so many things below the belt that are so inappropriate and just within this whole scene, even um, for me, one of, again, a highlight and really showing to me that Kyle is in a dark place in her fashion world and her life. And I don't get why, but was when Dorit is trying to kind of almost play, like showcase both sides, like saying, OK, so maybe this is how Teddy's feeling. And before she can even finish, Kyle interrupts and is like, this is about Denise's feelings. What Denise <laughs> And I, like, was shocked off my biscuits. I <laughs> because in my head, I was like, did 
just say that like she cares about Denise's feelings and not Teddy's after what Teddy and her just did. And even if you look at Teddy's face, you can see Teddy at first thought that Kyle, I think, was sticking up for Teddy. And then when Teddy realizes, like, wait, what? Like, it was it's such a moment himself. But for me, I mean, overall, I just think, you know, Kyle and Teddy, whatever they're producing is not working for this season. I love, though, seeing Denise's smirk on her face and her, like, kind of creepy-ass smile when Teddy and Sutton were arguing and the arguing had kind of moved away from Denise because I think she was smart enough and aware enough of, let's say, the game and what it takes for production to realize that like this was good for her because it was starting something between the ladies that there was going to be some sort of discord that was far beyond her we saw it with Denise and Kyle and I really felt that like when Kyle was defending Denise in this very disingenuous way I just kind of heard Leslie Nope turning to Ron and being like but that that was you Ron that was you like like that is not Kyle, you can't defend the person when you're doing the thing to them. You can't say, like, we have to feel bad for Denise when you're the one hurting Denise. You can't punch her in the face and be like, everyone should not be beating up on Denise. Like, I just felt like it was this very bizarre, twisted moment. And I was hoping everyone else was hearing Leslie Nope yell at Ron in that moment, too. I think, of course, everyone else was. And as the music was slowly, like, or the episode was slowly ending, you know, and then we saw the commercial for next week. All, all I kept thinking was, you know, when they showed Denise say that Brandy has slept with other girls in the group and then show Lisa Renna, you know, in my head, I was thinking, who could it be? Are they going to shock us with the twist and make it Kyle Richards? No, that's too, that's too daring. It can't be Lisa Vanderpump. But who could it be? Could it be Kim Richards? Everyone really is telling me no on this one. So it most likely <laughs> I kind of want it to be Kim. It would just be, I would just like to hear the backstory because she didn't just say one girl. She said that Brandy said she slept with a few of the girls. A few. A few. So this is big news. Plus, in Instagram, we see that after the reunion, the girls had like a party and didn't invite um garcelle or denise which made me more so want to know were they all filming in the same house were they allocated to different rooms what is this with social distancing are we just that too i have to say like what's the point of making it not a real reunion if they're then gonna kind of all be in the same house at some party but these were the questions that you know i know we're gonna until next week i hope you guys are pondering with us and then until then we have this amazing interview with fashion stylist the saucy style and we are just so excited for you guys to hear everything so let's get it started Yes, our interview with Caitlin Sassier was so interesting and informative, coming from the different perspective of someone who's doing the same thing as us, but with a sort of different um, approach. And I loved hearing everything she said. Plus, I love that she was also a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills fan. So it was really interesting to hear her perspective on everything with Brandy and Denise. We just can't wait for you to hear it too. 
um, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Just let them know who you are and a little kind of pre-intro to your story. As well as where they can find you on social media. Yes, of course. So my name is Caitlin Saucier and I've had Saucier Style, I guess now for about seven years. Um, so I'm a wardrobe stylist. I do personal shopping. I pretty much tell people what to wear. I go into their closet and do closet rehabs. So I meet with my clients, go through, make a list of everything they should have, take out what they should not be wearing, whether it's ill-fitting or it does, the color scheme doesn't work for them, whatever it is. And, um, we kind of go over their lifestyle and their needs and their budget. And we create a wardrobe for that. Um, I can definitely say that everyone's lifestyles has changed immensely <laughs> over the last three months. It's so funny because, like, normally I would be packing or pretty much when COVID started, that's normally about the time that a lot of my clients travel to Europe for the summer. So normally I'm running around and pulling together full wardrobes for clients to be in Europe anywhere from a month to three months. And this year, that all came to a halt. And then it switched to some people were having like small gathering, like dinner parties, or even just having family over. So people were hitting me up, asking more for stuff for like dinner parties and loungewear and all that. So that was kind of like a little sidetrack that happened this year. Um, But yeah, so personal shopper, tell you what to wear, what you shouldn't be wearing. And you can find me on Instagram at Saucy Style. And also your TikToks are amazing. amazing. Are you I, using TikToks a lot? Like doing it a lot? Um, I feel like I sit and scroll and I'm like, oh, this would be cute. This would be cute. This would be cute. And then it just does something always ends up coming up. I actually like I have fun doing the TikToks, but when we went into quarantine, I started doing IGTVs. Um, like how to style and it's something like I've always wanted to do the IGTV videos but when everything was quote normal I just never had the time to do it because it's such a process um so once everything came to a hold I finally got to start doing those and my audience loved it and so I actually like the fact that I connect more with everyone doing the how I style videos versus on TikTok I feel like that it's just such a quick little video if that makes sense no it um, does and I think you're um I love your IGTV videos I think too. they're so inspirational I know for us that's something we are even think like wanting to do more and more and for now we've focused it with more of like podcasts or lives like promoting mm-hmm. that on IGTV but I think the way you've done it you really um connect with the audience like they feel like you know I want to listen to you. I want to talk to you, but I also feel like I'm getting to know you as well. And I'm trusting what you're saying. And I think that's so lovely as a stylist, because there are so many little tricks we do that are almost at this point unconscious. So when we're making TikTok videos and we're doing like the little hacks, it's actually like sometimes it's sort of like, well, you know, I do this all the time, so I'm not thinking, so you have to actually like, as when you're in the middle of doing it, almost write it down and say, okay, I have to create and then people are still writing to you, can you break it down? So I like the IGTV because it does also allow for like a more of elaboration. Yeah. And it does feel very interesting. A little bit more natural for me than the TikTok. Like the TikToks for me are a little, 
the way you have to film it and stuff, like with all the transitions, it's just a little choppy. And I, my, I don't know, apparently my brain just doesn't work like that. <laughs> well, I, I think the younger generation. I have to say, though, you're knocking your TikToks, but one of my favorite TikToks is when you did the one for the biker shorts. Cause I oh, actually, I, love I know that. you're a fan, and I know Dean is a fan. I love the way you do biker shorts. I am not a biker shorts person because I feel like it's too much, I don't know, body for, for my taste. And uh-huh. when I see yours, I'm always like, I'm going to wear some biker shorts. <laughs> it's so funny because I remember being at Fashion Week a couple years ago and seeing some of the girls in biker shorts. And that was the first time I ever felt like, okay, I'm officially at that age now when a trend comes around that I feel like I can't do it again. Cause as soon as I saw them, I could picture me being seven with my oversized t-shirt and the plastic t-shirt clip um, that I would wear every day with my biker shorts. So that was the first time that I was like, okay, I don't know if I can do this, but then after we went into quarantine and sweatpants started to become too hot and I just needed something easy, I kind of just gave it a try and fell in love with it. And it's so weird because so many people, even now, will ask me, like, "Are you? can you do another biker shorts video? Everyone loved I that one. did it so well. So I feel that, you know, um, don't knock don't your TikToks do. if because you, you do them very well. They're appealing and they certainly, I think, show your abilities as a stylist they yeah don't you, and opinion. i i'm I, like i'm obsessed with everything biker shorts so i love um going to you because then i can get like more inspiration from how i would do it and i just i think uh, everyone should go watch your videos yeah <laughs> for sure love i'm excited i just filmed two last week so i have two more how to style videos coming out well, i can't wait to see them i very much look forward to that uh, and, and then um, just so we can, I know you you do so much in your career, but can you let um, everyone know a little bit about how your career got started so that you were even able to, you know, have get the platform you have right now? So I really just feel like, and this is going to sound crazy, it just kind of evolved into something. I always knew since I was young, I wanted to be in fashion, like since I was six years old. I wanted to do fashion, wanted to do fashion, and I would always tell my parents that I wanted to move to New York. So when I was in high school, I kind of started doing a little modeling and stuff, and then whenever I graduated high school, I actually signed with an agency and moved to New York. And I just, I, I loved it, and I loved being on set and everything, but I still worked in on the retail side. And then eventually I kept doing the modeling, but I was like, you know what? I like being more behind the camera. I started working for Alice and Olivia when they only had, I think four stores at the time and they had just opened their Greenwich, Connecticut store. And so I managed um, that store for them. And I just kind of started to switch careers and I was like, oh, I can see myself working corporate here. And then I am like fast forward and I moved to Florida and people would ask me where I would get my outfits from. And I was doing the buying at a Pilates studio. And then finally, a friend of mine was just like, Caitlin, I hate to shop. People are always asking you where you get this from, where you get that from. Why don't you just start charging people and go do their closets? So I was like, okay. That was literally on a Saturday night on a boat out on the water. It was during the, um, what's the Christmas parade? Or not the Christmas parade, but what's the parade that, um, the boat parade that Fort Lauderdale has? Uh, I mean, I know what you're talking about. I'm not, I can't think of the name. Let me, it's 
probably yeah i can't think of the name of it so we were on a boat and she came up with this idea and then that like monday i went to her house and we sat down and we kind of just like kind of wrote a business plan but it was mainly just ideas and i just started doing it part-time i just started cleaning out closets and just by word of mouth it just grew and grew and grew and then i started working with different photographers and doing production and here we are that's, that's amazing. amazing so your friend actually is was really saw like uh your kind of not potential but like saw where you should be going she was a great influence in it yeah she is and like i i actually just got an her and her husband have they own their own company and they have um some offices and just this past year I started like running an office space from her. So it's just like slowly has grown and everything has been super organic. Basically all my clientele is from word of mouth. That's amazing. And, oh, sorry. sorry. I was just going to say, is <laughs> your clientele like in the sort of Fort Lauderdale kind of area? Because or by Fort Lauderdale, I mean like South Florida, Miami, Palm Beach County, all that, that kind yeah. of. Yeah, so heavily, heavily South Florida. So heavily in South Florida, and then I have a couple clients in New York, have one in Boston, um, San Francisco, LA. So they kind of like dispersed out, um, but all of them came from word of mouth. That's amazing. So how long till you, because I know you had just said you did it part-time and then you were able to, I, I'm assuming you're now fully full-time. Oh, yeah. How so long? I did part-time. I'd say, I don't even remember, <laughs> like six months. And then I decided to like take the leap and I quit doing the buying and just focused on Saucy Style. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really Good. wonderful. I feel like you are, you're very inspirational. <laughs> I mean, it's people always ask me about the job and like, I love it but it's, it's nonstop. So it's very rare. Like even when you're on vacation, you're not on vacation. Like I'm constantly getting texts from clients, which I'm fine with. I love it. And I want to be there for them and I want to be able to answer, but it is 20, it's 24 seven, especially when you're working with that personal clientele. And I feel really blessed to have a clientele that I have. Cause I know when COVID first hit, I was like, okay, build a resume. What are my skills? Because I was like, no one's going to be needing a stylist right now, you know? And after about two and a half weeks, they kind of slowly started texting, especially because everything was going on sale. And so it just kind of, it was a very, it was a slow comeback. But then once it started happening and it's so weird, because I'll talk to some of my other friends that just do production styling and they're still waiting for everything to open to get back to work. So yeah. I feel blessed to have built the clientele that I have. Travel seems to be a huge part of your platform. And I know you just told us like you have clients kind of everywhere. Do you get to travel with them? Are you more um, like sending stuff? So the clients that I have out of state, for the most part, I work with them via FaceTime. Um, whenever I would go up for a fashion week, there would be um, a couple in New York that I would pop in and see then. But for the most part, anyone that I have um, outside of Florida, we work via just FaceTime. And then a lot of the traveling, because my boyfriend moved to Nashville last year, so 
pretty much every two weeks. I'm back and forth and him and I just travel a lot and I love it. And it's very inspirational when it comes to what I see when I'm traveling as far as like what I end up putting on um, clients and stuff. So like in terms of virtual styling, just think of your FaceTime and your comment and that, are you finding yourself doing that more now because of COVID? Um, it's about 50, 50. I still have, I prefer working with the client face to face. Um, just for me, it's a lot more satisfaction, um, being with them and in their closet. It's, I just like being a lot more hands-on, um, versus the virtual, just because, I mean, the internet's always going in and out. Like, I'm like, is that a stripe or is that a zigzag? You know, it's just a little bit, um, harder, I guess you could say to do it face, like to do FaceTime. Um, so I prefer to be in person, but yeah, for the most part, I'm still seeing most of my clients. Just this last month was really when I started to get back in closets, but we mask up and, you know, but I bet it, I feel like if you're already incorporated, like, um, FaceTime into it would kind yeah. of, cause I mean, at least they like more and more, we find our clients are having us do like, um, everything through FaceTime or zoom right now. So I wonder if that's like, you know, where the future might go, where it's going to be more of this very high end stylist, like personalized service concierge, but then still with the computer. I like though hands-on. Yeah, I do too. And like one thing I realized through all this as well is a lot of my clients um, are moms and so they've been home with their kids. So like the first week I was back at work and seeing um, clients, they were just so excited to have me there because they're like, I'm not going anywhere, but I love knowing that I'm having two hours of me time. And if I do want to feel better that I can put on one of these outfits that I'll feel great in, but it's casual enough for me to be at home with the kids. And so for a lot of my clients, whenever I got back into their closets through all this, they just love the fact that they were having that time to themselves again. That's so lovely. Yeah, and I feel it's like it's really true. I mean, yeah. I think one of the things that people don't realize about a job of a stylist is so much of it is sty uh, like psychological. And mm -hmm. so for me, like a lot of the relationships um, that you know I've experienced in, in my career as a stylist has been something where I feel like I know their life and their most intimate things. And it's contributed so much to uh, my appreciation because we're not just making them feel beautiful on the outside it has an inside impact and sometimes they really need that yeah for sure it's definitely I always say like on my Instagram handle that I'm 75% therapist and 25% stylist yes <laughs> okay exactly I love that but yeah. plus um at least when we're always watching on your feed I think it's so nice how your clients you can see how much like they rely on you and like when they're reposting what you've done or like saying you know I'm having like a saucy moment I I think it's it yeah. just shows again just how amazing you are and how they have that connection with you so everyone should go check her out so um, what would you say right now are like your favorite brands, especially given like sort of the change to more of loungewear and everything? Um, so I'm not a big loungewear fan, so maybe I'm the wrong person to answer this question mm -hmm. as far as when it goes to that, because I still have my favorite um, designers that I want to see what they're doing, despite the fact that we may not be getting as dressed up as what we used to. But like 
when what first comes to mind when I think of like glam, I like Attico and Alessandra Rich and Aria. Those are kind of my go-to when it comes to like glam stuff. I love anything Saint Laurent, guys and girls. Um, and with that event, Isabel Morant, I love her inspo whenever I'm in Nashville or when I'm traveling to Colorado. And then for kind of more of your everyday stuff, your Ula Johnson, Marissa Webb. There's a um, website I came across actually during quarantine called Unknown Source. Um, and it's a multi-brand um, website. They just have such cool trendy pieces. It's kind of like a mini Zara. Um, oh, and, and most okay. of their pieces I say are like under a hundred dollars. Um, and they just do really cool things. I like it. Like they have a lot, it's very what's on trend. So that's why I say it's kind of similar to Zara. Um, but price point wise, it's very attainable. Or if you are thinking about trying a trend, but you don't want to invest in it, it's a great website to go to. Oh, thank you for giving us that yeah, insider information. I found them on Instagram. That's like the one thing that's so powerful. I feel like about social media is that you can just find all different unique brands that maybe you wouldn't have come across if we didn't have social media. Uh, yeah, I agree completely. I mean, I feel like even for us, like a lot of our opportunities and growth have come through social media. Yeah, I think Instagram plays such a huge role. And I do see how TikTok plays a bit of a role. But now because of the whole ban, I don't know if that's going to stay true. But just like you said, yeah. IGTV is a great way to still have that platform. And like one thing for me between the Instagram and TikTok, I think feel like your personality comes through or like who you really are, I guess you could say through Instagram, because a lot of times through TikToks, you're doing like voiceovers and stuff, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that, whereas on Instagram, you really can have that like true conversation with someone, um, whether it's on your stories or whatever. So I, again, for me, I think I, my platform of choice is still going to be Instagram. Well, what's nice about Instagram, um, I was thinking about this last night because we were talking sort of similarly about this topic with someone else was that Instagram is really evolving like they add on things a lot so because they see what other platforms have that people like and they incorporate it in a way that still feels very Instagrammy and I do like that very much yeah I agree with you and um so what would be then your like dream collaboration that's I don't know I don't know I feel like people ask me this you know, on my vision board for that I did in January for a collaboration that I think is maybe a little different, I guess you can maybe say from a stylist or influencer standpoint, because so many people go the whole clothing route. I think I would like to do something with travel because I pack so many clients all the time. And it's weird because when I first started styling, packing wasn't even a service that I even thought about. And one day, one of my clients, they are going to the Hamptons and she's like, um, do you pack? Can you pack me and my kids? I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem. And I was like, okay, now I need to figure this out. <laughs> and then it just, and then it was so funny because then that traveled by word of mouth that I also pack. So that's like such a huge part of my business. So I feel like if I can design some sort or collaborate with another brand something when it comes to the whole packing and travel thing that that would really be a that's cool such a good idea and I actually think it's an industry that is 
not as focused on as it should be. Like I starting to see a little bit here and there, um, you know, for example, um, I can't think of her real name, Emily from Pretty Little Liars. Um, she she has her Mitchell. Shay Mitchell. She has her brand of travel <laughs> stuff. And then I saw like something that's sort of like a, I don't know, a discount to me with other detail kind of thing. But my point is that there's not enough attention to that market. I feel like there's a few sort of basic players and not enough. Um, yeah. And I don't even know what it would look like. Like I said, I just put it on my vision board this year and I haven't really, then everything happened. So I haven't really gone back to it. Um, but that would be something I would like to figure out. I love that idea, though. I, I really too. think that is a market in need of love. And it's so interesting because every time you ask somebody in fashion, I don't think like um, Alana and I were kind of asked that question, but we used it more like where how we'd want to like travel with the like combine kind of where we're traveling with the like clothes and everything. But right. I think actually focus on traveling and packing because we do that as well yeah we always offer that but um but it's just never been something where it's been one of our bigger things but it's interesting for you that that's been such a area yeah it's huge yeah sometimes a lot of people will hire me first for packing and then once they get back from their trip then we dive into the closet and start the whole process oh that's amazing that's very interesting yeah it's so cool it's so cool how different has their own kind of like way yeah so do you have a favorite brand i know you listed a lot of brands that are like your go-to for clients but what's your go-to like favorite brand i mean those are kind of my go-to i love i love marissa webb um i just feel that her clothing is very unique um i feel that it's a little edgy but you can make it girly at the same time Um, and i agree so I guess right now I would say that I feel like it changes all the time. Um, what else am I? I'm trying to think what else. I mean, Bottega is having a moment right oh, now. Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. Just anything yet? But I have so many favorites. Um, I, I think that you should like just seeing things that I know you do have. I think you could rock their shoes. Oh, I know. That's like one of my favorites. Yeah, but I'm not surprised. <laughs> whenever I kind of splurge on something, I normally do it when we're traveling. Um, and so this year, I wanted to get a new Chanel bag, and we were supposed to go to Europe. I like buying those types of pieces when you're traveling because it's more like well, I bought my first Chanel when I went to Paris. It was four years ago, and so every time I take it out, I think of my heart attack I had for spending the amount of money on it. <laughs> But that brings me joy at the same time. <laughs> but you know what? It's smarter anyway, because first of all, when you buy luxury in the country of production, you're getting a better price. Yeah, so exactly. Add sentimentality. I went to in with one budget, budget and went out with like nowhere near the budget. That. <laughs> <laughs> and Alex was trying to like take a video of me. And he's like, how do you feel? Because I always said whenever I bought a Chanel, I wanted it to be in Paris. Granted, I thought I was going to be like 40 when that happened, and it wasn't. And so he was trying to take a video of me walking down the street with holding my bag, and he's like, "How do you feel?" And I had to buy another bag, and I had to buy a bag for a client when I was there. So I'm like walking out with all these Chanel bags. He's like, "How do you feel?" I'm like, "Put the camera down, put the camera down." <laughs> I was just like freaking out on the inside. It brought me back to my ramen noodle nights when I lived in New York, and was okay. like, "I guess I'll for the next." 
And she was from the like she went from the Middle East to London to Capri, and you know she had to do quarantine, but that opened up you know that little corner of the world. So let's just hope that we are next that we can do lovely things soon. I know. I hope so. We will for sure. I think we will. And until then, I think anyone in America is gonna really discover America. <laughs> <laughs> so um, with um, with your styling, who has been one of your favorite pre- um like people to style? Do you have anyone yeah, that you like, have, stood like, a special, out? Like, styling experience um so i have a so like two stories come to mind the first one is in my house point working um packing a client and i just and like they have a gorgeous home on the water they had a stylist packing them and for whatever reason that morning when I woke up, I was like, you know, is this still the direction that I want to go in? Because it's hustle 24-7, right? And I was like, you know, I can go back to working corporate, like still in the fashion industry, but, you know, you have your benefits and all. You're, it's a little bit more, um, what's the word that I'm thinking of? Routine. Stable. I guess. Yeah, and stable, yeah. And so I was at her house thinking this and my phone kept ringing and I'm like why is was this producer that I worked with I'm like why does Adrian keep calling me she knows if I like could answer I would answer then she texted me um call me when you can so I was like okay so I get in the car I'm driving to Boca Mall because I have to shop for a client and I call her and she knows nothing about fashion she just produces directs whatever and she's like hey what are you doing on Friday this was a Tuesday um, do you know someone named Nacho? I need you to come style him for this Johnny Walker piece that I'm doing on Friday. And so I start laughing and I'm like, well, I mean, there's the Ralph Lauren polo model, Nacho Figueres. Is that who you're referring to? And she's like, yeah, that's him. And I was just like, and I started laughing. I was like, oh my God, I almost just decided to quit my job this morning and like go to corporate, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she started laughing. She's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. And so I did. Flew to New York, like literally the next day. I had no idea what I was doing. He could only wear Ralph Lauren. And so I'm calling studio services and can't, and like waiting on hold for 45 minutes. And so then... I reach out to an old roommate of mine that just kind of knows everyone in New York. And she was like, call this guy. You went to his party. I'm like, yeah, like nine years ago. She's like, it's fine. He'll remember you. He works for Ralph Lauren. Just call him and he'll help you. And sure enough, he did. And like, I went to the flagship store. And when you walk in, everyone that worked there looks like models. And they were all dressed like so pristine. And so you walk in and I was just, treated like royalty they gave me cookies they gave me a driver they oh, let me pick up oh my goodness like if I don't show up at set you can find me just sitting here enjoying yeah. all that <laughs> but see like I think the universe heard you doubting your career and was like we'll give you something to remind you why you do this exactly so it was the best experience um it was at the Soho house is where we filmed it 
And I just remember at one point we were shooting him in the cobble street right outside of Soho house. And I like ran out with his shoes. And when I like opened the door, just seeing that scenery of like the cobble street and iconic New York, I was just kind of like, oh my goodness, I can't believe like I'm here doing this. Um, it was a very surreal moment. And then not long after we ended up going to Scotland and I styled him in Scotland. We stayed in a castle for a week. It was all with Johnny Walker. Um, so it was such a cool experience. That sounds amazing. That's like beyond. That's so cool. So that's fun. And then my other person that I think was really cool that I had a lot of fun with that I was really, really nervous about styling was Venus Williams. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, we remember. So what was that experience like? So that one wasn't as crazy, but I got hired to style her for, because it was Lifestyle Magazine out of um, South Florida. And I reached out to a contact of mine actually with Saks and she put me in contact with PR and marketing. And so it was, they were great. They just kind of let me come in and pull whatever I needed. And I was just nervous that I wasn't going to have anything to fit her. And she wasn't going to like anything. I was terrified of that, but she actually ended up loving all of it. And it went, it just went really well. It was like actually the easy, one of the easiest styling um, sessions that I've ever done. And I don't know why I was freaking out about it at first, but she literally just like walked in and she's like, love this, love this, love this. She put everything on, everything fit. We went to the picture and that was it. And I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I've been. There's nothing as good as, especially with someone who isn't like a model. So they're not, you know, trained in faking it, even if they love it or not, you know, that someone who comes in and like, instantly like you read their energy and you're able to kind of creatively also match the intention and she was happy amazing do you guys watch um siesta key on mtv so i've seen one episode and i've heard it's like very good but i've not like deep dived into it no i need to watch the whole series because some not like it was a jersey short somebody told us it was like or is that not the right one am i thinking no you're thinking of floribama oh okay (laughs) Uh, i haven't seen but i styled the cast of siesta key for all like the marketing material and everything their first season um and that was so much fun because i I was watching like the hills and laguna beach and it was supposed to be like a reboot of that um so that was fun. Oh, that's so cool. Your career is really like dynamic. It's so interesting. And again, like, thank you for letting us learn all of this about you. It's so I think everyone who's going to be listening is going to be so stalking you. So when you're not working <laughs> and doing all these cool things, what are you doing for fun? Um, oh, my God, that's a really good question. What do I do <laughs> for fun? Um. Oh my gosh, this is horrible. I don't know. I guess, honestly, just (laughs) hanging out. Like, with, yeah, just hanging out. I feel like I'm working all the time. So that question really stumped me. Um, Like, on (laughs) weekends. Obviously, it's not a trick question. (laughs) I made myself just sound like the biggest loser. No, I don't know. Say it, I say. I, you saw when you were messaging me and I was supposed to be like on holiday. I'm not good at um Dina's like three in the morning and she's still working on something and I'm like, you asked me that question, I can give you a list of like 30 <laughs> things I feel like yeah, do. No, I mean 
I like to watch TV. I guess, okay, so if I'm really, like, time off, probably I would say weekends. I really don't even really post all that much during the weekend just because I'm trying to enjoy time with friends and family. Um, and it's nice just to, just to kind of not have to worry about getting every little thing um, on your phone. So, like, Alex and I love to do dinners. So him and I will go to dinner a lot or just hang out with friends. Um, we binge watch anything pretty for the most part on Netflix. Yeah. So just, just downtime, the beach, pool, you know, just basically putting the phone away and just kind of hanging out. Do you I love find, that answer. I do too. <laughs> um, do you find though that your clients, um, because we actually have found this, um, like that, you know, usually in retail Saturday and Sunday or like your busiest days, but when you're doing more private appointments, usually the weekends clients want that time for their family. So are you able to actually have your weekends? Yeah, for the most part, I do have my weekends. There's a if a client needs to see me on the weekend, I will. Or if my week is totally crazy and the only option is the weekend, I'll definitely do it. Um, they know that they can text me anytime. So a lot of times if I'm responding um, work stuff, it's just like through text on the weekend. But for the most part, my clients are either traveling or they're with their family as well. So there isn't that much weekend face-to-face -face with clients. Yeah. That's the nice thing. Yeah, about when that's... you're styling, yeah. yeah, that you do get your weekends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I may be working. Um, usually, when Alex is in in town, either for usually I'll take kind of Saturday off and like just go to the beach or just hang out or do absolutely nothing and just sit in front of the TV all day. And then Sunday, usually for me, I'll go up to the office and just kind of prep for the week. Or if I have any fittings that week, go ahead and. Um, prep all those looks and stuff. So I normally use one of the days, like even today, um, with you, like after you guys, I'm gonna start um, my blog for the next How I Style videos and just kind of prep for the week. What shows are you watching right now? So I'm just watching Housewives, the Beverly Hills Housewives, that one I can't get enough of. Even though I feel like they're dragging it all out. They really are. But I haven't got the New York one all that much. I don't know, I'm ready for a cast refresh. So do you think that Beverly Hills has a good cast right now? Like, how do you feel about the Beverly Hills cast? I love the Beverly Hills cast. It's the See? New York cast that I can't get into. So, are you into Sutton? Yes, because I feel like she's a box of chocolates and you never know what you're going to get. Oh my god, I, I love that! <laughs> we like Sutton too and no, no one, one else. seems to like her. No one else. You are the first well, person to say like like no her. one really likes the new girl on any of the seasons because they're obviously, either they come on really strong or they come on kind of timid. And so I feel like it takes them the first full season to get just get comfortable with everything. And then normally by the second season, people figure out that they actually either like the person or don't like the person. But I, I, I feel agree. like everyone was way too quickly, way too comfortable with Leah from, from New York. Yeah, I can see that. Like I, I, like I, I, I haven't, I've watched some of New York, but not like I used to. I don't know. This season, I just kind of feel like it's the same. Like Ramona with her eyes and her drinking. And 
Leanne doing her cabaret. Like, I felt like they needed someone like Leah to, like, come in, be a tornado to come in and things up. But you know what the, the thing for me? I think I prefer Honey over any of the franchises because it's the only franchise that doesn't need a plot for things to be pushed forward. Like, all season on Beverly Hills, we've had this, like, almost lifetime build. I feel like there are children who are now in college from when the season started of a build getting to this big reveal of the Brandy Denise um, affair. With New York, literally nothing's happened this season. And I'm still laughing. (laughs) It's funny. I was actually on the... So whenever I went to... What fashion show was it? Was I at? It was on this season. And you can see me in the background. They were sitting across from me. Oh, yeah, you told us this. Which fashion show Which fashion show stopped the bus? I don't know about It's, um... Oh my goodness. Hold on. Let me look back at my photos. Why can't I remember whose show that was? Oh my god, I do remember you mentioning this to me and I don't know how I did not tell I you. I don't even remember though on the show what show like on this season where they showed them going. They're always at Pamela Rowland. Yes, Pamela Rowland. There you go. <laughs> I just I, I was gonna I, say Brandon Maxwell. No, but they every they year because they're friends with her and remember they got in a fight. Um I don't know if it's this season, but they definitely got in a fight over like who was closer to Oh her. To, yeah. Yeah. Um they were sitting across from me. It was um all the housewives oh and then it was who else was there? Um Melissa. Melissa Gorga was with <gasps> them. Is she adorable in person? I, like, have a vision of what I think she looks like in person. I don't know if it's true. She looks the same. Like, she looks the exact same. And then we went to... I have the worst memory. We went to an after party. Can't remember whose it was. (laughs) Who's the blonde from um, Beverly Hills that's the singer? Oh, oh, um, Erica Erica Jane. Jane. Erica Jane, she performing. So I walked past Erica Jane. She was a lot shorter in person than what I imagined, and a lot like tinier. I thought she was gonna be like five foot eight or something. I, I thought she was gonna be this like like, like tall, tall like Amazon, but she was so she was gorgeous and she was all everything glam as you can be. But she, she was definitely so tinier than what I thought. Honestly, I'm I'm so interested in discovering, like, I've done a deep dive about Lisa Renna and her, and they keep calling each other their Thelma to their Louise, and doing all these posts, and I just want to know, when did they get so close? When did that happen? How come it's not really shown on the show that they think of themselves as inseparable? I need more. Oh, I missed that. I love Lisa Renna, though. Me too. Did you? I posted something on Instagram today because I woke up this morning and as usual, I kind of like wipe my face and ran to my phone and open up Instagram. And the first thing I see is Rinna and her husband and he's playing like a ukulele or a guitar. I don't know. I, I think it was a ukulele. And she's just dancing like this is the greatest jam that he, he's ever played. <laughs> like this is what I want to wake up to every day. <laughs> She's hilarious. I love that she has no filter, and she'll just say, I mean, she's definitely the shit starter, yeah. but I'm okay with that. She has no Someone filter, no boundaries, and no loyalty. But she does it in a good way, whereas Teddy, <laughs> I just can't worst. stand. I do not like Teddy. Do you like I know. Teddy? I can't connect with Teddy. I don't know what it is. It's that she's, like, she's awful. 
<laughs> everything she says she is, she isn't. And every time she expresses herself, she does it in a way She's that just puts everyone off because as I aforementioned, everything she says, she is, she isn't. Like, she says she's someone who is all about being honest and accountable and whatever. But she and then all the, she, yeah, a lot of the problems that happen between the ladies, she started the fight. She has been a part of the kind of trying to produce the, the messiness. Like, she has been the root of the problem. And then she tries to kind of escape from it. And say, I don't want to talk about it. Like, this, I shouldn't be involved. And you're like, you're the one who did all of this. It's very interesting. Cause I'm doing. I a think feel like she's not very warm and fuzzy. No. no. And I don't like the pink hair. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. There's just once you get to a certain age, we just don't do that. Yeah. No. And I just think Kyle and like Kyle needs a new stylist because obviously, like we have been saying this a lot, whoever's styling her does not like her. I think they actually hate her. Yeah, because they are putting her on TV and letting her go out in the world. And letting that be okay. But then that Teddy listens to Kyle for styling advice. It just blows well, my mind. I feel like Kyle pulls a lot from her store. Does she still have her store? It no. closed down. So now awesome. she has that fashion line. She has a fashion line that's sort okay, of like okay. like knockoff Gucci and kimonos. still pulls. Like, I feel like her inspiration, I guess you could say, of the clothing that she wears is still pretty much a lot of like what she carried at her store yeah tons of alexis um all those tons of alice she does a lot of alice and olivia a lot of what she carried at the store that whole contemporary um is what i feel like she kind of but it's not the stuff she has it's like how she yeah it's how she's getting styled in the interview she's wearing this like hot pink hero like um, you saw in a jacket and it was like so awkward and ill-fitting and 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 just too bright 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 for the situation it's like things like that it's like she she has maybe pieces that could work for her but whoever is telling her how to put it together is not advising her well yeah because i thought the scene she looked the best in was in this past episode when they did the whole fake scene with brandy you know confessing i thought kaya looked the best and that was when she had no makeup on in a robe and i was like she's never looked more beautiful so what do you think about this? So actually, that's a great segue, by the way, Dina. <laughs> what do you think? Do you believe Brandy? I don't know. I, I I feel like honestly, I feel like any. I feel like anything could happen. Like I kind of believe Brandy, but then at the same time, it is a reality show, and what has she been doing since she hasn't been on the show? And now I think it's just weird. Like, I thought it was weird when she showed up to the party. I did, too. So weird. Because her, she's been on an episode in how many years? She hasn't. She's made, like, she a pop-up last in. season. But she hasn't been a season cast member, I think, three years? For a while. It's really weird to me. I, I was actually, like, really thinking about this. Like, it just came across as too fake. Yeah. Like, just trying to figure out a storyline. Yes. Or it yes. happened or it didn't happen. I just feel like the way it went down because she hasn't been on the show and so far all of a sudden Kyle now to invite her to the party, it that just looks like you're there to start shit. Yeah. Yeah, and I also just feel like the fact that this entire season, all the commercials and kind of the uh, like the the build underlining up. plot and the build up, everything is about something that happened with a former cast member. Like Yeah. 
it's not like we've spent all of the the first half of the season about Camille's mean tweets. We only found out about it during that fake scene when they met to discuss why everyone hates Camille. Like, I don't need all this about someone who's not on the show. The whole thing is about the interaction about the women in this circle. So I don't know why they're bringing in someone they don't have a real plot line this season. They need Lisa Vanderpump back. Yeah, they definitely miss Lisa on the show. And I feel like Dorit, this season is a little bit more in the background than at the forefront, like she has been in past seasons. Like, I feel like there's something weird between her and Kyle. But that's not necessarily coming across on the show. Well, like, I, I think you're right, because yeah. on Dorit's birthday, Kyle wrote to her and was like, I know we're not talking, but, like, she wrote this on social media, so everyone saw it. But she's like, I know we're not talking, but I want to wish you a beautiful day, like, like, blah, 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 and hopefully one day we can be back in, like, a good space. And so I I think they have had a falling out, but I it might be because it seems Dorit is on Denise's side. Yeah, I don't think that Dorit and... Kyle are sort of natural bedfellows if you will like I can't really see them like really being that close like Erica and Dorit makes sense to me yeah the fashion and I could even see like Garcelle and Dorit because I think Dorit likes kind of strong women who are very upfront and not too like woe is me and that is so Kyle and Teddy like overly emotional so I'm finding it actually on on kind of a jumping note so weird to see Erica close with Kyle and Teddy because the image I have of Erica is someone who is like you know woman power kind of like a bit cold and no one is more mushy and dramatic than Kyle yeah and I just don't and then even with I will say the thing with Denise, though, didn't make sense whatsoever. I do agree with them on that, that she, like, flip-flopped her roles. Well, I think with Denise, at least, like, I think because they have no plot line, they're really dragging this out. I think in one way, like, when you think about the whole context of, like, do you talk about certain subjects in front of your kids? I think, like, most in most people's lives like you have your work personality you do have your even it's not like changing who you are but you have just certain things you'll share with people from work your real friends your family and then versus what you want your kids to really know so that even if you're doing this stuff you still might not think it's right so you don't want them to like repeat it exactly. I, I think that was more so her point which is why Garcelle was saying she's right like let's move on but I think from the lady's point of view because Alana was reminding me this, they were all saying really yucky stuff until she, like, when they're all saying stuff that they did. And then just when that one comment came out, she freaked out. That was what set her off, the threesome. Because before, they were all saying different stuff they've done before. Kyle was saying... Say this. Yeah, you showed it to me on the show. No, what I showed you was that <clears throat> even Denise was part of the conversation yeah. at time within the... Um, in and she only freaked fight. out later. But, like, I think the fact that her daughter mentioned this specific thing, I think, you know, she's already worried about her custody battle issues with um, Charlie Sheen. Charlie. I think also last year, I don't think she loved her image as, like, like sex-crazed woman who went on a hunt to get her husband a blowjob from a stranger. <laughs> and I think, like, she's trying to rehab herself to be seen more 
possibly let's say holy which is also like and I mean like full rounded um you know like as a mother she's also you know probably not hoeing every second of her life so I think she wants to show that and I think in that moment when when it was back on screen something that was very um sexual connected with her again I think she wanted to make a point that she doesn't want that anymore on screen yeah that makes sense for me this season, like the biggest annoyance I guess I having this season is that I feel like it feels choppy. There was like four episodes and then there was that break yes. for a few weeks and then it came back on and I just felt like it lost its steam because it's, it's really just been dragging out since the, was it the first episode? It gave you the preview of like, the Big very time. first episode. That's why I said there are kids who have been born and are now graduating college since <laughs> this whole thing started. I mean, one yeah. of the things that I find very frustrating is this, like, constant drag that, okay, so we as viewers are coming in knowing what the end point is, that there's going to be this Denise um, Brandy, like, affair thing. So it was kind of obvious and, and heavy-handed all season watching them kind of try to point out this threesome thing, threesome, 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 so that we knew, like, later it was going to be used as a point of, like, hypocrisy on Denise's side. And yeah. it just really heavy-handed, and I've seen on, um, like, certain things on social media, like Bravo Lowdown and Bravo Betches and a few of the other kind of Bravo-themed um, Instagram accounts where they were showing the, um, like, the inconsistencies of filming. So, like, the... Brandy filmed that scene where she told Kyle and Teddy about everything on November 29th, but they went to Rome on the on the 19th of October. So that was filmed after Rome. So it's yeah. just sort of like you. I think you feel it when you're watching it. You feel yeah. this very produced kind of like jumble where it's they. It's not just, nice to the fans. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like they just took all the content that they had filmed and re-pieced it together to create a fake plotline. I don't like that. Yeah, for sure. See, I think if what I think would have been more interesting from a stand from a fan standpoint is, especially if you're going to show us that so on the first episode then, okay, great, the first three episodes build up to it, then we want to see the blow up, but then we want to see what happens after the blow up, whereas now, exactly, I'm like, so disinterested in it, and you're waiting for the one episode, and then that's going to be it. Yes, and all the stuff that happened in the promo, like the bravo, bravo, bravo stuff, which they took out of the filming, show, when she tells Aaron, like, don't talk, they're still filming, all that stuff, had nothing to do with Brandy, but they made it look like it did. And yeah. Brandy's not interesting enough to me to be like this big pop. I yeah. personally don't, I don't know if she's a liar, but I don't care like so much about what she says about people because I don't necessarily trust her motivation. Agreed. Do you have any fun and upcoming projects that, um, that you can tell us about or anything exciting that you want to share? Um, okay, fun and upcoming projects. Well, this, I was super excited to do this podcast. Oh my God, that's amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. We're so happy to have you on. And it's truly, truly been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been amazing. And we could talk to you for hours, but we do know you know you have other things to do. So we want to play our fun little game called Text Delete with the Housewives of Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. How does this work? I'm nervous. Okay. 
At so, least it's kind of like, you know, Mary F. Kale. It's our more polite, yeah. like, light version, and it's called Textilee, and we pick housewives. And then okay. you have to decide, like, you know, and also you have to explain your reasoning behind. Okay. Okay. So we'll do um, Dorit, Erica, uh-huh. and Lisa Renna. Okay. And wait, what is it? It's text delete. Call text or delete. Okay. Um, okay. So Erica, Lisa Renna, and who else? And Dorit. And Dorit. I would call Lisa Renna. Oh my God, this is a hard one. <laughs> Maybe call Lisa Renna, delete um, Dorit. Only because she's always late. Yeah. <laughs> and I would text um, Erica. Oh, I love, I love that. that. And do you imagine in this scenario you're very close with all of them? <laughs> I could just see myself going to have drinks and just sit, and I don't have to say a word and just talk the whole time, and I can just laugh and listen. I like that too. No, literally, I, I, I'm considering like changing my entire career to work somehow um, in production at Bravo. Like even if I'm the person that like Ramona yells at for a living, I just want to be like around it. <laughs> I just think that at least she has no filter. So whatever comes out of her mouth is interesting. It is. I, I appreciate it. I, I, one of my friends who works for production at CBS, um, she uh-huh. works as a cameraman who does the Potomac Housewives filming. Yes, he's and he's a cameraman. Do you watch Potomac? I don't. Oh, totally fine. I'll just explain real quick for um, anyone who also doesn't watch Potomac. There has been a big scandal on over multiple seasons about one of the house husbands groping men who are on the show. And, and he's married to a woman the production of the show and he's married to a woman so I literally was like I need you to get this guy to call me I need to know everything that's going on with this guy like I need to hear all the behind information that's hilarious I know I'm really but apparently he signed an NDA (laughs) oh those stupid and I'm like I'm so upset about this now I just need to Wait, say what you just said again. Sorry, you cut off. I said, I'm sure he has signed multiple NDAs. Yeah. I know, but that's why I realized I'm in the wrong career because, like, why, why, what, what do I need to dress people? What I really should be doing is finding <laughs> out how I can just stalk housewives in appropriate fashion. Well, you dress one housewife at a time. I was in LA I sat across from Kyle I complimented her outfit she complimented mine we had a champagne kind of toasting moment it was it was really beautiful and it lasted forever in my heart and I and I've always looked at it as a missed opportunity I should have gone up to her like given her my card like uh, I know I did write to her on Instagram after like so nice having dinner <laughs> for me. again love the fur and like kind of tried to continue the conversation she only liked it so I don't think we had the love connection that I thought. You don't know. It could grow still. It could grow still. But um, we did want to just thank you so much for yes, being thank on. Yes, you, thank you, thank you. We had the best time. We'll have to do this again. It, it was so nice chatting with you. Absolutely. I love you girls. I had such a great time. Oh, oh we, we love, love you too. too. We'll have
have to like set up more play dates. Yeah. <laughs> and we want everyone to make sure they follow you. Yes, just a reminder, you are everywhere at Saucy Style. So for Instagram, Saucy Style and Saucy Style too. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, perfect. So everyone can catch her there. I mean, check her out, follow all her TikToks. She's amazing on Instagram too, constantly for like styling tips. She's the girl you want to go to and the one you want to know. And um, we just wanted to like say goodbye. Thank you so much Thank for you spending again. time with us today. Thanks for having me.